Except for the ghosts in the basement. Still. What about I've... the juice stains? Did you get those this time? Because no. I've been asking for quite some time now, and we've... I don't want to have to send you back down to hell. Okay. We've we've we've, we've sent the ghosts to the basement, so most of the jizz stains are down there right wait, now. Wait, that ghosts are creating jizz stains, but it's ghost jizz. Then doesn't it? You can't see it, right? Well, I guess you couldn't. But hey, you know, I don't know what the ghosts are doing. So it's ectoplasm. It's... All right, that's quite a way to open up the show, but. Would anybody expect anything else from the House of Mystery? Absolutely not. All right. So, Dave, today you and I are going to continue our discussion on Swamp Thing, the current 2021 10-issue run, with a discussion on issue number six, titled In My Infancy. So, this issue, Dave, pulls back a bit from the philosophical and delves into the introspective. Is, yeah. that, is that a good That's way, a of saying, way of saying it? Yeah. yeah. This is the aspect of the story that we, David, have actually been wondering about. When are we going to get the, those blanks filled in? You know, what's Levi's connection to the green? How does his family factor in? Where does his brother come into play? There has been uh, allusions to his brother having a major role in the contamination of the green. Yes. But... That's all we have been given, and I, I, that's not a negative. I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just saying it as a fact. They have been kind of baiting us for six issues. Let's say eight issues if we take into account the two-part future state. Yes. Is it, Would you call it an epilogue or prologue? It's almost like an, it's like it's an epilogue. It, it's it kind of both. It is both, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if we can we throw those into the mix. Now, we're now on eight issues. So it is time for us to start pulling back the layers a bit when it comes to the brother and what actually is happening with the green and what ultimately caused it. Yes. And it seems like we're getting there. We didn't get all the answers, but they are they are getting there. So I have a feeling that with issue seven, we're probably going to get some big, big reveals. End. Yeah. Yeah, because like, and I like the fact that the actions of the last issue is what basically starts the dominoes falling because it has to start when uh, Levi essentially where we last left him off, he swamp thing blew himself up and disintegrated himself with the bomb from issue number five, the bomb. So here we pick up after all that. And Levi literally has to go through this, like almost rebirth process. I love it. Love and, it. And I love it. Yeah. I, I I thought it was really smart, but I love the fact that they connected the one theme that's been going on about memories. Yeah. And like 
in order for Levi, in order for Levi to continue kind of his rebirthing process, he has to literally drag the memory out of him. Yes. And reach and find the memory. And that's how we get introduced to the backstory. I thought it was a very kind of, it was normal. It was clever. Yeah. But normally, you know, we would say like, oh my God, flashbacks, here we go. Right. But like the way they used the flashback here made sense to the story that we're having right now, because up to this point, that's what the swamp thing has been saying is like his powers are all based. Yes. He could grow a gigantic tree and envelop the world in, in, you know, greenery and that's possibly a blossom a penis as if you will. Apparently. Yeah. But Look at, my penis is blossoming. Look, but it's from, rose petals <laughs> from rose petals or sh- mushrooms. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> but like the thing that Alec Holland started Levi's journey was the true power of the green is its memory. It's yeah. knowledge. Yes. That's what actually is the true power of the swamp thing. Yeah. And I love that in this issue, we kind of actually see it firsthand now, the power mm-hmm. and effect, the power of memory, because that's what helps bring Levi back. And, you know, he's forced to remember the memory that he kind of like, apparently he, he stuck in his brain and buried. Yeah. I am right with you, Dave, 100% agree with everything you said. It, especially about the backstory aspect, which I'm going to backtrack just a bit because as I was saying, the family element is a big, is a big factor with the story, obviously. And Ram V mapped out this connection via a backstory. I don't even want to call it a flashback. I mean, yes, probably it is a flashback as he's scripting, you know, it's probably written as a flashback, but thankfully it was not in the form of a traditional flashback. And that's what we always say. We always say, if you're going to, if you have to give us backstory, please find a creative way to give us a flashback. Yes. And that's exactly what Ram V did. He found a creative way to get inside the mind of Levi, where we learned a bit about his family and their ideological outlook concerning nature, culture, and their ancestral land. And I appreciate how the story was told. The narrative choices were intriguing. Levi was blown to bits in the last issue, as you mentioned. And the Green is attempting to repair his body, while at the same time, the Suicide Squad is poisoning (laughs) the land where Levi's family is from in an attempt to draw him out. And dude, the choice of characters for the Suicide Squad in this group's iteration in this, I thought was really smart because they blend well with Ram V's story. Yeah. You have... You have the continuation of showing the ugliness of humanity by bringing in a character like Heatwave and Peacemaker. And then you have the the sheer monster monstrous side of the Suicide Squad where when you bring in uh when you bring in uh Chemo and uh Parasite, especially Parasite. I've always had a love for the character parasite, not just because to me, he's one of the most underutilized villains of Superman, but he honestly is one of the most powerful villains out there because essentially what was he constantly feeds? What was he doing? Okay. What was he doing? Is that he was come back? He was at some point because they, they made it a point to say that I'm feeding 
Yeah. We don't know what he was actually eating. He was eating the green. Is that what he was doing? Yeah. Because the power of the parasite is he can feed off of any energy, any energy. It doesn't matter what it is. So imagine a being right now that can feed and tap into the green and use it as his power battery. That is a cool villain to put against Swamp Thing. Yeah. Power wise. That'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And I'm sorry. I, I'm really, I was really excited when they, when you find out the one character here that they brought in is the nightmare nurse. Yeah. Dave. Okay. So the, the, yeah, I was surprised to see the suicide squad, but were you aware that this was part of a, a two part crossover? Yeah. With the Suicide with Squad. The su- with the Suicide Squad. So apparently Suicide Squad issue number six connects to Swamp Thing number six. Number six. Now, can I say this, Dave? This is how you do a crossover. Yes. Because you don't need, you don't really need to read Suicide Squad number six at all. No. To know what's going on. Sure, if you want some backstory on the on the characters that were chosen and the lead up. But honestly... This is how you do a crossover because my biggest problem with with crossovers is that they feel simply like billboards many of the times. Hey guys, check out issue 77 of so-and-so comic book to find out more. It's just simply a way to get more money. And I understand this is a business, but many times it just pulls you out of the immediate story. Yes. Now this was so seamless. By the way, you know Robbie Thompson is the one writing Suicide Squad currently, right? Yes, he is. He's our hero. <laughs> he is our hero. For reasons that we won't get into right now, but he's so great. So, yeah, he's currently writing Swamp Thing, which makes me actually want to go back now and, and find out exactly what he's doing from that end. Because from Suicide Squad, His yeah. choice of Suicide Squad is very unique. Have we ever seen, seen, is it Chemo? Chemo, yeah. Have we ever seen Chemo and Parasite? No. They would never. I mean, and Nightmare Nurse, come on. Yeah. Justice League Dark Fame. And, and you have her as a member of the Suicide Squad. That's pretty fucking cool. And you have Heatwave and Peacemaker as like the 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 human element of the Suicide Squad. And a thing I thought was really impressive for Ram V, his his continuity of trying to show the ugliness of humanity compared to like the otherworldly characters. Do you notice that the humans? In Ram V's story, tend to be portrayed as more monstrous than them. And in, in the Suicide Squad element, it's the one person that, if you're a fan of this character, you know how evil she can be, especially since she scares John Constantine, is the Nightmare oh, Nurse. Oh, she don't scare me, David. And, wink, wink, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and the Nightmare Nurse in this scenario. Quick, I need a Band-Aid. <laughs> in, in, in this scenario she's the brains of the operation i love the scene when she's talking to peacemaker yeah and peacemaker saying man we should have got him right here and nightmare nurse is like going peacemaker do you know what you're up against and she goes on to tell him i've faced this creature before of course because she's from justice league Dark. i'm glad they brought that in for continuity purposes yeah because she was a team member of justice league dark alongside swamp thing. swamp thing yeah and she's like going she knows the creature and is in essence the demon in the group is the i guess you could say the more human 
character. Well, she's always been a very complicated character. Yeah. If, if used appropriately. Because she understands she she understands Swamp Thing's methods and she she's like going, right now, you just injured him. We don't know if he's badly injured or you just made him angry. Well, I want to say volume <laughs> two or three of the new 52 Justice League Dark run. Uh, she went, came face to face with his wrath. Yes. She tried to create another version of the avatar through demonic powers and that majorly backfired on her. (laughs) So nightmare nurse is nightmare nurse is an interesting character. Oh yeah. Uh, She was originally introduced. uh, I didn't know this. Uh, Apparently she's a fairly new character. Yes. I had thought she had a longer history with John Constantine, but no, she actually was introduced uh, during the new 52 run. Yeah. She was actually introduced in the phantom stranger. Yeah. And uh, she was created by Dan DiDio who started the whole, you know, uh, yeah. Trinity war. Yeah. Which was, but Trinity out, shit. out of Trinity war, we got the creation of Asa and Asa. I'm sorry. The only thing that would have made it perfect is if Constantine carried on from, from number five, because dude, I love, the relationship between Asa and John Constantine, because she's the one woman that John Constantine is terrified of. <laughs> that's a shame too. Yeah. So that stuff was all cool, but ultimately it was, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that it was fluff because it's the stuff you need in a comic book and it works. But the most interesting and telling aspect of this entire issue is the title. I love when titles truly mean something. That's a lost art. I love when it's used in television, when each episode of a TV show is titled in such a way that you can derive meaning from that title. And almost in some way, if you know what to look for, it may actually help you interpret the actual text of the TV series or movie or comic book, whatever you're, you're reading or watching. And this title, In My Infancy, is fantastic for many reasons. I'm a, and I'm about to get nerdy and break it down. What can we infer from this title? Possibly in Levi's infancy, infancy being the key word here, infancy, of course, meaning an early stage of development, which can be attributed to his former ignorance. His life before the green was small. He only saw things from a one-dimensional, narrow perspective. Yeah. Through his connection to the green, his eyes have now been opened, and he's able to see the multi-dimensional facets of life and their assigned purpose, possibly even finding his true purpose. And the way this was depicted was through those moments he had with his father. Yeah. And brother. The memories reminded him of home, and the conversation with his father revealed some potential contention between the two of them due to an opposing set of ideological principles. Uh, his father seemed to have been displeased with Levi's choices. Uh, the purpose of these scenes, in my opinion, are designed to show that Levi is possibly seeing the error of his ways while he is being reborn through the green. The knowledge of the green has opened his eyes, and now he's reflecting on these memories. In my infancy, I was so much smaller. 
And to speak philosophically, the self is contemplating or pondering the choices of the not self. Yes. And seeking wisdom, identity, and purpose. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, that that moment between him and his father, when I, I pulled it up here, it's one of the most poignant moments is when his father... And you would expect in a lesser comic book writer writer's hands, they would portray the, the 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 relationship between Levi and his father as very antagonistic and you know dramatic, overly dramatic. Yeah, Instead, dramatic, yeah. Ram V makes it more realistic and relatable, in my opinion, because the father basically tells uh Levi, I think you are wanting to do good, son. Mm-hmm. And you know what you are bringing to this place with this deal. But how do you negotiate a deal where you don't understand what you're trading away? In you never, my infancy. Yeah. Yes. You've never tried to understand this place. Yeah. And it's... It, He's almost, he is seeing his mistakes, he's right? He's seeing his mistakes. And like at that time, he probably doesn't understand what his father's saying. But now, he's with what he's it. been through, he's yep. understanding it. Yeah. And I, I really dig it. I mean, the way he... I was really expecting the story to portray Levi's family, especially his brother, as very over-the-top villains. You know? Yeah, so did I. I was expecting that. Instead, what we got were basically very relatable family members. And like the real the real villain in the situation is the fact that Levi separated himself from his family for, I believe he said over like 12 years. No, it was five. It was. I believe he said he hadn't seen his father for five years. Yeah. Although he may have had problems and, and have had. Oh, half a decade. Yeah. He says that Jacob, Jacob and them haven't seen each other in over half a decade. And like, in essence, Levi was running away and trying to forget his memories. He was trying to forget his old self. And in doing so, that was the true villainous act, at least in this story, in, in regards to what this issue was trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, the the villainous moment is Levi basically wanting to get away from that. And think about it. I mean, this whole, ever since the series started, the idea of the green is to be at peace with one's memories because your memories and knowledge is what gives you true power. Mm -hmm. Levi, essentially, you find out here, he threw it away because he didn't, he, he felt that basically in order to better himself, he needed to get rid of it. Yeah, I think yeah, you're on to something there because I think that I think the entire purpose of this issue was for him to reflect on on his ignorance. Yes. And to show the error in his ways and possibly realize that his father was right. That his father was right, that he is putting emphasis on the non important. In fact, I believe there was a, a saying, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that his father was actually disgruntled with the fact that he joined the side of capitalism. Yes. I believe is what he had said. So there's a little bit of a social commentary there as well, which fits right in line with the idea of 
Levi's ignorance. Ignorance. And now he is seeing things through a different lens, a lens of wisdom and knowledge. He is realizing he has made mistakes. And easily, Ram V could have fell into the trap of telling trying, us telling us the story <laughs> telling us like a, a story this is about, interpretive by the way listeners out there yeah. this, this is why ram v is a good writer because this is interpretive this isn't nowhere are you going to find the comic book this actually being stated exactly because that would be hacky it'd be hacky but imagine that that you know that whole concept that you just brought up how his father was very anti-capitalism and ram v could have in in someone else's hands that could have gone sideways and you would have had an agenda piece right there, right? But instead, Ramvi made it more digestible and more natural when it came to the dialogue and the theme in his story. Yeah, and also, yeah, yeah, I like the word choice there, natural, because it is very naturalistic of our times as well. When you look at the divisions between families because of the, the, high, the heightened polarization of the political landscape and how it has separated families Due to opposing ideological I mean, views. Yeah. And because of that, I, I mean, that's a real thing right now in today's environment. And to see Ram V even bring that into the fold and use those elements as a way to craft his story. I mean, again, shows Ram V's ability to understand the current state of our society and also uh, understand human nature and our desire to be better, but also accepting our ignorance. I mean, that's a little bit of Socrates right there, right? I mean, Socrates yes. was aware that he knew nothing. And because of that, he was wise. And that's a bit what we're seeing here with Levi realizing, wow, I was so small in my infancy. Yeah. So Ram V filled in some of the blanks. Levi's brother does not appear to be the villain we had thought. Now, that's not saying he's not a villain. Yeah, at least not yet. Yeah, we know that he's not a villain yet, but I mean, those flashback sequences during the earlier issues really gave us the idea that his brother was into some dark shit. Yes. But now we see that his brother is actually a normal, cool guy. <laughs> person. That he, he was, there was nothing wrong with him, even up to what, five years ago or several months before? It wasn't until something happened, which I'm sure we're going to find out really soon, which ultimately is going to make this story that much more tragic. The fact that his brother is a good guy and, oh, look, something happened to him. Something happened to him. And what will make this even worse, Dave, is if it ends up being something Levi did accidentally. Yeah, because I'm beginning. I'm, doesn't it look like it might be that? I'm beginning to think so, because the one thing that I think a lot of uh, readers that are are reading uh, the new series of the new Swamp Thing. No. They're missing the fact that normally with, when you have an avatar of the green, that means that the person who be, is chosen as the avatar technically has died. Right. So that means that everything that we saw in the very beginning, especially in regards to Levi and his brother, something catastrophic happened to Levi's brother to drive him. And we know he did something to Levi. That's why he that's why he's separated from his brother. Yes. Now, the mythos seems to be a little different. Now, traditionally, yes, you must die to become the avatar of the green, right? Yes. But also Levi is very different than 
any other avatar. The fact, especially in this issue, where we see his body being reformed. Dude, that was cool. It's so good. But there's no, like, before we've talked about, okay, well, the green is a part of him, almost like it's a power. It's not, he is the green. It's almost like, hey, I'm like Superman, and this is just my power that I have. I'm able to manipulate the green. I can transform on, on a whim. But now we see that he's actually been blown apart. Yes. By that nuclear bomb blown apart. And we see in that two page spread. uh, His body reforming that the green is not building him into an avatar, but building him into his own body, into his own body, which that in itself, Dave, again, you are I'm the John Constantine expert. You're the Swamp Thing expert. We've never seen this, correct? This type no. of avatar? This no. is very different. That's what made Future State really interesting because remember, by that point, we know that that Swamp Thing is Levi. And by that point, that Swamp Thing was able to actually create people. Yeah. He was able to create basically people of the green. They didn't have, they didn't, and they didn't have any souls, which was really twisted when you found out that, oh, <laughs> well he realized humanity is what mattered humanity was what mattered yeah. and then like that was the big twist was finding out that all those people that were that looked like swamp thing people weren't really people they were creations of of levi well we're assuming levi right we're assuming levi but it's looking more and more like it's, it was that it that it is levi oh that, that means alec it. holland's gone forever then he, Essentially, yeah, because you got to remember, especially when uh, when they did the uh, issue with Alec Holland, Alec Holland made, passed on that knowledge of the power of the green to Levi. And then you see Alec Holland disappear into the light, so to speak. Yeah. But that was basically his memory passing. Mm-hmm. Because you got to remember, that wasn't Alec Holland. That was the memories of Alec Holland. Yeah. Within the green. Can we get some memories of the nightmare nurse, please? I don't know if you want that. Dude. No, not, not the, not the her real form, like the fake. Form. I'm, listen, I'm okay with fake forms. I've already said that, Dave. Like, listen, if, if as long as I see, you know, boom, 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 you know, I don't care about the, if you really look like that. <laughs> so, I mean, sounds. We talk like we're very intelligent about all the meanings. And then suddenly we get to like a, a third grade level and we just use sounds to describe a woman's body. That's what happens when you actually get, we introduce, you know, the female form into our conversations. <laughs> we all revert to a, an adolescent state. It actually is true. It I mean, is true. Ladies out there, if you ever wonder about men's immaturity, it's always about women. It's just, yep, we're stupid. <laughs> we're stupid. <laughs> Sorry. We're yeah. simple creatures. That's how it is. <laughs> we, listen, we are permanently in our infancy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So also in the way of Ram V filling in some of the blanks, it does seem like his family does. And this is something we've been going back and forth on since the start of the series. It seems like his family does have some deeper connection to nature. It does. It does. I have a feeling that his father's words, we are from the mud. I have a feeling it's much deeper than simply a comment that can be attributed to some theological lesson on the origins of life. It wasn't just a passing comment. I think it was there to make a statement like, Hey, listen, we're not, we have a deeper connection to the green in some way and possibly a way that we've never seen before in comics. 
it almost feels like a, a legacy of sorts, doesn't it? It does. Like that's what they're going for. Do you well, think as a, as a Swamp Thing fan, Dave, do you think there's room for that meaning? Do you think the bulk of Swamp Thing fans would be okay that it's no longer, let's say, a random selection for the Avatar of the Green? But it's actually a legacy. A legacy? I think that... Uh... I think it, I think it would work. I, th- I think it definitely works, especially since we don't know the complete story of why Levi was chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's going to be one of the biggest reveals is finding out why was Levi chosen? Was it something that was forced? Maybe that's why it's tied to, you know, there there's a contagion in the green right now. Mm-hmm. And you think it's all connected to you think it? You think all of it's connected to Levi and his family? I think so. Yeah. I, I at this point, especially with the fact that in this one, you do really get the sense that their family, his family, was very—I don't want to say backwa—say uh, backwaters, but they were very earth, uh, very uh, earthly people. You know, I, I think they were more in touch with nature. More in touch with nature. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And then like. Especially when the when the father basically says to him like the, he wanted to he wanted to make sure his children knew where they came from they 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 came from the mud and at that point Ramveed chose to emphasize that statement and I'm like going okay from what we've known something catastrophic and something you know mystical happened with his brother something dealing with blood something dealing with the with some kind of maybe some ritual and maybe that's what you know his family was tied to do you think with the introduction of the night the nightmare nurse do you think they will in fact tie in more of a magical element because first off obviously the green is connected to magic right Yes. So magic nature, it's all, they've already connected all of them in a previous, was it Justice League Dark where they essentially said all of it's the same? Yeah. No, no, it was actually this, it was actually this run, Swamp Thing, when they said all of it travels in the same veins of veins the earth. of the earth. Yeah. And do you think Nightmare Nurse's arrival has, is just a coincidence or do you think there's a bigger purpose? I want to think that there's a bigger purpose, especially in the in Ramvi's hands, it just makes so much sense with the character choices that he has made yeah. to have in his story. Every character that he has chosen has served a purpose one way or another. And yeah. especially with the Nightmare Nurse, her whole shtick is the fact that she is cursed to constantly heal. She has to heal someone. Is she going to heal me? I'm broken. <laughs> She's a demon that is forever cursed to have to administer help when called upon. I need CPR. <laughs> and, it, and you know what's so strange? I always wonder what I I've completely forgot why Constantine is afraid of her. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, a demon who basically you summon and is forced to actually heal you. It doesn't sound too bad. Dave, there's a lot of things going on in this issue. Oh, there is. This is definitely one of those issues where they take a step back, just a small, just a few steps back so that they can allow us to digest everything that we were given 
over the last two issues and also reassess and set things up for some bigger reveals that are yeah. no doubt coming in the next three issues four issues. So I'm really looking forward to it. Now there's one element to this entire comic book that just has me confused, Dave. Okay. And maybe you can help me understand the art. Mike Perkins is back. <laughs> yes, he is. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I want image continuity. Is there so much to ask for? Now, Mike Perkins, if you're listening, I love your art. We've said it in five issues. We're like, we love Mike Perkins' art. But then someone else pops up. Yes. For issue six. And we're like, oh, this is fucking good. All right. Well, I guess they're changing then. Whatever. All right. It sucks. We we like image continuity or I should say art continuity. I hate when art changes in the middle of a run. But okay. I get it. But then he comes back after yes. one issue. After one issue. Why, David? Why? <laughs> one issue. At and, least do three. And it... I felt sorry it for Perkins with my OCD. <laughs> I felt so sorry for Perkins for this one because like he had to follow up in my opinion the better artist. Well, issue well is issue it better five, or just preferable to your taste? Well, John McCrae, my, John McCrae was just fantastic I, for the last issue. He was perfect for that story. And for that story. I agree. We we definitely blew him during that discussion. Because he got everything visually right but for also, a Constantine Swan thing story. But also Mike Perkins has been doing a fantastic job and, and we have been loving his art. It's not it's not until issue six where we're like, eh, hey, we don't like the change of artists, but this other guy is really fucking good. <laughs> exactly. And that's the problem. I mean, Mike yeah. Perkins has done, he started off uh, us off really well, but then they, this is an example of why I say they should, they need to stop doing the break because like, if you're only going to do one issue, then you're going to run into this problem because the main artist could be looked at as the lesser work artist because Robert McCray, dude, his, his, his art in the last one is still my favorite compared to this. This is good. I love everything that he, that Perkins did here, especially with the human character, human characteristics. He gave all his faces and, the monstrous elements he did wonderfully, but McCray beat him. He beat him in, in, in from that last issue. And unfortunately, Mike Perkins is our main artist. Why did they have to just remove him from one issue? <laughs> I, I, it's very strange. Dave. It would have been better if they had McCray do like two to three more issues and then go back to Perkins. You know, we have a couple DC artists on standby. I should probably just reach out and ask them. Like, why do you do this, bro? <laughs> why, do this like, why do you do this? And it sounds like we're ungrateful and we are. Uh, but honestly, Dave, I think what it comes down to is, is not that we don't like Perkins art. No, and we don't like McCree's. It's McCree, right? Yeah. McCree's art. The fact is that we like both. We like, both. but it also fucks with, our own continuity when we're reading the story and it, and I, we can't be the only comic book fans that get frustrated with this. We can't be, there has to be other comic book readers out there 
who get frustrated with the constant change in artists. You have a 10 part limited series. You're telling me you can't get one artist and one writer to just be the consistent powers across the board for 10 issues. You can't do that. Is that too much to ask for? (laughs) Now, if you had an ongoing series, I understand that's totally different. That's expected and par for the course, right, Dave? Like that's been done for the, since the Donna time. Yeah. When you have an ongoing series, you're always going to have those change outs of the creatives, right? Uh-huh. But when you're dealing with the, with the limited runs, it'd be that hard to be like, Hey dude, we, we're going to contract you for 10 issues. Okay, cool. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Exactly. I really don't understand. Now, maybe it's artist prerogative, which we can reach out to a few of those as well. I know a few of them that listen to our shows and, and I, you know, talk back and forth. I just don't want to be a douchebag that, that sends a message like, Hey dude, uh, why do you guys change artists, bro? I well, don't, don't knock- want to sound like I'm complaining to those ones. No, because it's to those it's- individuals who don't really know the way I talk. And maybe there, there's a loss of context, you know? No, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very simple question to ask because like you were not, saying that basically oh this artist is horrible and everything else it's the fact that just visual continuity does affect your storytelling imagine reading this as a trade paperback it's going to be a little jarring it's an eyesore yeah without a doubt i mean the same thing can be said about the recent hellblazer run that just concluded last year that we actually really really enjoyed but and we like both artists for the most part, but it is jarring, especially because there's at least McCree and Perkins style is similar. Is somewhat similar. Campbell and the other individual that shared artist responsibilities on Hellblazer, I forgive me, I have forgotten the name. Their styles are completely different. One is more abstract, the other has a more vibrant a clear image and defining elements to the subjects. It's a different style. It's completely it was different style. Completely different style. Yeah. And it does throw you off when you're in the middle of reading. Yeah. And you know, in this and I know defense, we, we now bitch about this. It seems like every issue and I, I don't like to do or every episode of house of mystery. House of mystery. And I don't want to do that <laughs> because I don't want to sound like we're complaining, but it does. Well, the one thing we could say about this, though, at least, is this transition isn't as bad as it could have been. No, not at all. Because, I mean, you said you said just a moment ago, the good thing about this was the fact that McRae and Perkins' art kind of meshed well. When you get that, you, you to, you know... Other comic book readers out there, that's that's going to go over their head because, hey, the artwork kind of just blends together. But, like, when you get something like what we covered in Hellblazer, that was jarring. That was like a smash cut in the face. <laughs> and that's and you can't help but take sides on that. Yeah. Like, you can't because the, the styles are so different. You're like, well, I prefer this one. This one. With McCree and Perkins, sure, you can say I prefer this one, but also... It's not saying much because their styles are similar mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But I do agree with you. That being said, let's contradict ourselves. Uh, McCree 
was a better choice, I guess, for issue five. And maybe that's why he did it. Maybe it was Ram V's call. Maybe he's like, hey, listen, you know what? Let me get another artist for uh, this issue here because of the tone. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Because the tone also is very different from the last one. Yeah. So because that, we're dealing with the Suicide Squad now. Yeah. So that can definitely be the case. Uh, art, though, was pretty fantastic. I had mentioned this a few moments ago on the show. The titled uh, two-pager is truly fantastic. I mean, it's a perfect mixture of body horror and biological horror. Yeah. When you see the body in all those panels slowly forming. Forming from an from, eyeball. Yeah, from pieces of flesh into an eyeball. And then and then you see the, the combination of flesh and green mixing together to create the human body. Pretty, pretty cool. I have to say, like, it's very creative. And, it, I, and I would like to know if Ram V is writing that. It's very is he writing that much detail or is this the artist prerogative? It's very um, reanimator. reanimator. Yeah. The, the reanimator horror films are some of my favorites, especially when it comes to the body horror and the panels, especially in this one, I will say issue number six gets it. I get that feeling of like a 1970s reanimator film. I agree. And right from the get go where I feel that basically Ram V was kind of experimenting in the earlier issues and trying to find his, his, uh, groove. Yeah. His, his groove. Yeah. yeah. But here he found his groove in that one. Those opening, that, that two opening pages, I was like going, okay, he set the, he, he went automatically back from, okay, we had this side story with John Constantine. It was a fun adventure back to the story at hand and we're just going to shock everybody with some body horror just to get everyone engage, re-engaged. Mm-hmm. That was a abrupt stop, Dave. I wasn't sure if you were done. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm done. I'm Fucking done. take over, Michael. I've talked enough. <laughs> so the critical consensus on this issue here, or I want to say even this, this current run is... Uh, it's, I feel like it's okay. I mean, it should be a lot better in my opinion. Now, Dave, issue six got an 8.6, which is fine. Issue five, 8.8. How did that not get into the nines when you're going to comic book roundup? That is unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Nuts. I mean, I would even say issue six deserves to be in the 9.0s i think easily easily so i'm very disappointed in you comic book reviewers out there you should be reviewing these more favorably well i also think that basically ram v is touching on subjects that is not normally the consensus for comic Uh, book readers mainstream appeal yeah mainstream appeal yeah i mean you don't have yeah we have the suicide squad here and you know, we have like the otherworldly and super supernatural and superhuman elements. But the way Ram V is telling his story, the superhuman elements that you would expect in a comic book uh, story are kind of in the background. That's right. not what's important. It's just the fluff. The fluff. Yeah. It's the fluff. It's the crust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, why don't you give me your final thoughts and your RMD score? My final thoughts on on this issue, I really liked this issue, and I was really happy how this issue turned out because originally I thought that this was just going to be a cash-in for the latest, you know, 
Suicide Squad film, especially when you saw Peacemaker. I was a little nervous about that, too. And instead, the thing I really enjoy, and one of the last things that I I have here that I really give kudos to Ram V, his writing for Peacekeeper was fantastic because it wasn't done in a comedic way. Like, Peacekeeper seems like a viable threat. He's just over the top, straight by the books. This is how everything goes. And I love the fact that he says, if you die, I just hope you have a peaceful death. And I'm like going, that's probably the closest thing you're going to get to a comedic element, like say from the movies. But here, Peacekeeper is treated like a legitimate threat. And I really appreciate that Ramvi didn't go that route of going, hey, look, it's John Cena. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Just write the character as you think it would fit in your story. And when you actually get introduced to the team of of Suicide Squad, it makes sense why Ram V has this team in now because they all bring different types of elements that connect to his overall theme of showing to bringing up the question, is humanity worth saving mm-hmm. when you have characters like these? Yeah. When you have a character like Heat Wave. Who is a douche. No, you're right, Dave. It's a good way to parallel. It's a great way to continue your thematic parallels and stuff. Yeah. So, and then my my score for this one is, I gave this one a 92. I really like this issue. Mm -hmm. It made me want to actually go see what the Suicide Squad tie-in was going to be about. Yeah, I fucking hate crossovers. I hate crossovers, but this one made me want to do it. But that's why I hate this one even more, because you're right. Now I'm, I'm interested in checking out suicide squad especially if nightmare nurse is a part of it listen i'm a justice league dark guy this is the house of mystery the john constantine and friends show yes obviously i'm going to be interested in checking out something that's connected to a former member of the justice league dark and you have robbie thompson writing yes and we (laughs) the king of exploitation robbie the king of exploitation of amazing. He's definitely found his, his niche and what he does. And that's why when it was announced that he was reading, that he was uh, writing suicide squad, it made perfect sense. I'm like dude, <laughs> it, does, it makes it? perfect sense for him to write suicide squad. All right. So my percentage Dave is 92%, 92% on the RMD scale. It was everything it needed to be. It also took a step back and allowed us to digest what has been given to us over the course of the last two or three issues. And it's setting the stage for the final quarter of this run. And I'm very excited to see what happens next. Ram V is making me think. And I love that in a comic book when a writer can make me think and posing questions. And I, I like working. When I read, to be honest with you, I know some people out there don't want to work when they read. I want to work. I want to really see what you're doing. I want to see the gears. I want substance. Yes. And that's exactly what Ram V does. So 92% on the RMD score. I want to remind everyone to check out our Patreon page. If you head over to patreon.com slash Digital, you can pledge a dollar for us. It would help tremendously. David, what are you doing over there? I just dropped my phone. Wow. <laughs> What an infant in your infancy. <laughs> in my infancy. <laughs> All right. So uh, our Patreon, that's where I was at. Patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital. 
If you pledge a dollar or more a month, you will gain access to our Oblivion Bar show. And that's essentially a pre-show to this show that we do pretty much before every single discussion. We talk about whatever in the world of John Constantine. It's more casual than this. It's just us getting ready, getting our vocal cords warmed up. But we do get into some pretty interesting topics. And sometimes we sit there for five minutes. Sometimes we sit there for 30 minutes. It just depends. And you can receive all of those episodes and more if you head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge a dollar. We need it. We don't have corporate backing. We don't have deep pockets. In fact, we're very poor on this network. Don't let my background fool you. Uh, we do not have a lot of funds. And we need them if we can... If we hope to continue to do these shows. So patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. What's a fucking dollar, right, David? What's a exactly. fucking dollar? Give me a fucking dollar. <laughs> I mean, I probably could make more money if I decide to start panhandling outside the, the freeway. <laughs> Kinda. I probably would. Maybe I can get a sign that says, go to my Patreon page. That'll be a new way of doing it. Oh my it. God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for people to start doing that. I'll do it. I'll be the first one. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. And good night. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down, leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest... Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?